Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast, the best edition of the pod. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And because it is Friday, that means that we have to talk about mortgage rates because we just got the mortgage rate data from Freddie Mac. And of course, that's where we are going to be starting because the podcast is not called Markets and, um, I don't know, Housing or market and uh, streets. It's called markets and mortgages. So we're going to talk about what's happening with mortgages. That's one of the important, we're very specific on that particular industry. And of course, mortgage rates continue to move up. In fact, this was the seventh week in a row that Freddie Mac reported an increase week over week. And of course, we all we all know that we're, we're, we're looking at the same data. And so this is for the week ending April 21st, the 30 year fixed average rate was up 11 basis points to 5.11%. And get ready for this. <laughs> this number is so big. That is 214 <laughs> basis points higher than one year ago. <laughs> 214 I think the mortgage banker association had it up 200 214 basis points <laughs> it's like I think I had in my wow in my notes wow there's no other way to say it there uh the 15 year fix was not up that much pretty close though uh it was actually up week to week bigger jump 21 basis points to 4.28% and year over year, 209 basis point jump. So rates are up. No other way to look at that. I remember, what was it like maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half when we hit, we were up a hundred basis points. And I was like, oh, that's the first time we hit triple digits. And it's like, man, we hit triple digits and then just did not look back, just kept going and just in the blink of an eye, we got up 200 basis points. So that was, yeah, that's that's a big jump there. Sam Cater, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said that the springtime buying season could look a little different this year. More than likely, probably look a little different. He said, quote, while springtime is typically the busiest home buying season, the upswing in rates has caused some volatility in demand. It continues to be a seller's market, as we have highlighted here on the pod, but buyers who remain interested in purchasing a home may find that competition has moderately softened. And that's true. But remember, when you're in a record hot housing market and you're seeing 20 offers per home, when things calm down a little bit, you're only seeing 10 offers, you're still seeing 10 offers. It's not like no one's making an offer on the home. And it's interesting because a lot of people would assume that there's been this gigantic slow. I mean, 200 basis points. I mean, we're talking about an almost 70% increase in interest rates and in mortgage rates. And so you would think that that would just be major halt to the mortgage markets. And true, we, refis, yeah. I mean, you just do not see a lot of refis, if at all. But purchases, I mean, what did we see earlier this week from Mortgage Bankers Association? Down 14%? I mean, we're talking almost 70% rise in interest rates and demand's only down 14%. You think it would be a lot. And mind you, this is all happening while home prices are going up. So it's an even bigger hit to affordability. And still, 
not that big of a slowdown. So what is going on? Well, I mentioned this on yesterday's pod, this Redfin data, looking at well, both mortgage rates and rent. And as it stands right now, the latest data from Redfin, it is still more affordable to buy than to rent, but uh, that may be coming to an end soon. The median monthly asking rent in the United States increased 17% year over year to a record $1,940 in March. Now, on the other side of it, you have the national median monthly mortgage payment for home buyers rose twice as fast. It rose 34% year over year. But even with that much larger increase, you're still looking at the average or the median, excuse me, monthly mortgage payment, $1,910. So it's still $30 cheaper. <laughs> so the spread's not as big as it used to be, but it's still cheaper to buy than rent. But here is the stat that just blew my mind. So 17% year over year, just looking at month over month. So from February, rents have gone up 2.1%. Mortgage payments, month over month, 11.6%. So if rates keep moving at the pace that they are moving, I'm going to guess that next month's report from Redfin will show that even with the climb in rents, mortgage payments are now going to be more expensive than renting. And then that's when things start getting interesting that's when you really start to see a slowdown. Because if you're in a situation where it's cheaper to buy than rent, you don't care if mortgage rates are five, six, 7%. If it's cheaper to buy, you're gonna buy. But when you're in a situation where rates are five, six, 7%, and all of a sudden it's cheaper to rent, well, some people are, now some people still might buy. They still might say, you know what? I wanna lock in this price. I'm worried about what's gonna happen with the rents over the next year. No one is projecting, you know, we saw the, New York Fed report earlier this week that said that people are projecting rents to continue to rise. Double digits, 10, 11%. So if you can lock in, that's the benefit of buying. You know, we've got kind of caught up in this whole idea of home appreciation because home prices have jumped so much. But the real value of locking in a rate is that you're more, I mean, yeah, sure, taxes can change that for most people and HOA and, you know, I get all that, energy costs and okay. But your mortgage payment stay the same. No matter what happens, you're lock, I mean, assuming you're you're locking in and not doing an arm or something that adjusts. So you're locking in. That's one of the benefits. And so even if it's a little bit more expensive, you still might say, you know what? I want to lock this in because a year from now, I could have to renegotiate my rent and it's more. So even if it is more expensive to buy, I still might go that route. Now, where are some of the areas where rents have just skyrocketed? 34% think that's big. Well, if you're in Portland, it's worse. 40% year over year rent increase. Austin, Texas was number two at 38%. New York, 35%. And then pretty much, you know, 35%, 33% kind of across the board after that. But 40%, that that's a big jump there. And then here's something else that's going to be impacting the housing market. And this is not just going to impact mortgage industry, but but everyone. So once again, this is Redfin. Redfin's got a lot of good data, I will say. A lot of good reports. They're just pumping them out and good data. As mortgage rates continue to rise, 
homeowners are going to find themselves in a situation where selling their home is not going to make a lot of sense. And the reason for that is this is according, once again, to Redfin's latest data, about one third of all homeowners have a mortgage rate under 4%. And half, over half, 51% of homeowners with a mortgage have a rate under 4%. So <laughs> this, this is where things get somewhat problematic. Because Freddie Mac, as we just mentioned, reported that rates are up 214 basis points year over year. You look at Case Shiller, home prices are up 20% year over year, which is push mortgage payments to an all-time high. Now, if you're selling a house, more than likely, you're probably going to be looking at a different different house, right? You're not going to be buying the same type of house. Like, So if you're at an entry level, you're going to want to move up to you know, more midsize and, you know, maybe you're buying your dream home, whatever it may be, or maybe you're downsizing. But the problem is that let's say you bought a couple of years ago. And so now you're, the home prices have, have jumped up 30, 40%. And now mortgage rates are going up. So let's say you're sitting on, you refied in the middle of the pandemic, you locked in at two and three quarters and you're sitting in say a midsize. And so maybe you're thinking about going to that dream home. Well, that dream home is now a lot more expensive. And to get out of your home, you're now going to be looking at paying double the rate than what you have right now. And then let's say you're in a situation where let's say you have maybe bought your dream home and now your kids have moved out and you decide you want to downsize and you're looking at what's going on with home prices and you're going to be paying almost the exact same amount <laughs> to, stay, to, to get the smaller home than what you currently have with your dream home. This is a big problem that a lot of places uh, are facing, places where you have a lot of retirees. And it complicates things. 100% complicates things. Uh, Taylor Marr, chief economist over at Redfin, said that the slowdown in demand may cause homes to stay on the market longer, in effect, giving buyers more options to choose from. And overall, that could mean housing inventory actually gets better not worse. And so there's really two possible outcomes. One is this one where you actually see maybe more people still having to move because the reality is, is that sure, people are influenced by home prices and mortgage rates. You know, it, it could price people out or whatever it may be. But a lot of times the reason people have to move is because of a life-changing event. You have another child um, or, you know, your children have left and you want to, you know, downsize. Uh, you have to move. You know, something in your life changes and then that will change the way that you are living. And in those circumstances, like let's say you have to move for work. And of course, remote work has changed all of that. But if you have to move for work, I mean, you got to buy a house. I mean, there's, there's no other option. So you're going to have to do that regardless of where rates are. But people who are in a more flexible situation, let's say it is remote work. Or like I said, let's say you're the, the couple that owns a house and your kids have moved out. And you're like, well, you know, if we move, the payments are going to be the same those people might just say, you know what, we're going to stay in the house. And there's no doubt this is going to be an interesting situation going forward as rates continue to move up. And let's say rates get to 6% and someone's sitting on a 2.5% mortgage rate. It's, it just, it's, it's a situation that we have not dealt with in a very, very long time. <laughs> so it's hard to say what's going to happen.
I mean, obviously, we know what happened, right? I mean, if mortgage rates continue to go up, home prices are eventually going to stop appreciating, and you may even see a pullback. But it's hard to know what, it's hard to say what's going to happen moving forward. But there's really two options. I mean, there's really two scenarios. One is everyone just stays where they are and is like locked in, and that's going to create an inventory problem. Or the other one is, is that people say, okay, fine, we're going to you know, list their homes. But because mortgage rates are so high, there's, there's fewer buyers out there. And so homes stay on the market longer. And so it seems like either way, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very different housing market than the one we have experienced at least up until now. So it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to make predictions right now with all the craziness that is happening in our economy. And... Before we go, speaking of the craziness in our economy, we know inflation is the number one issue that everyone is talking about. What is the Fed going to do with regards to inflation? Well, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell was at a panel discussion with the European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, hosted by the International Monetary Fund. And this was his last scheduled public appearance before the Central Bank's policy meeting on May the 3rd and 4th. And so what did he say? Well, let's just say a 50 basis point hike is on the table. He says, quote, it is appropriate in my view to be moving a little more quickly, which is good because a lot of people have thought they weren't moving quick enough. He says also, quote, I also think there's something in the idea of front end loading with regards to say the removal of stimulus. Uh, A rate increase next month, this is the Wall Street Journal reporting, would mark the first time since 2006 the central bank increased its policy rate at back-to-back meetings and would be the first 50 basis point hike since 2000. (laughs) 20 years. Over 20 years. Investors in interest rate futures markets widely expect the 50 BIP hike And Powell even addressed that idea, saying markets are processing what we're seeing. They're reacting appropriately, generally, but I wouldn't want to endorse any particular market pricing. 50 basis points will be on the table for the May meeting. However, Powell also mentioned that the economy remains very strong. And of course, as we all know, that usually when you have rampant inflation, it's usually because of a strong economy. That's one thing people tend to forget. Uh, sometimes you can have rising prices when things use stagflation, which is horrible. You do not want that to happen. You have slowing growth and rising prices, but we're still not there yet. We're still seeing growth in the economy. Prices are just rising a lot more than we're used to, especially I mean, when was the last time we saw rampant inflation? 40 years? So a lot of people who are involved in this economy have never experienced it. Now, in pre-recorded remarks at a separate conference on Thursday, Powell extolled the examples of former Fed Chair Paul Volcker, speaking of the 70s. Chair Volcker understood that the expectations for inflation play a significant role in its persistence. Powell went on to say he therefore had to fight, that's Volcker, on two fronts, slaying, as he called it, the inflationary dragon and dismantling the public's belief that elevated inflation was an unfortunate but but the immutable fact of life. And there's one thing that's great about being a human and horrible, horrible about being a human, and that is we're very resilient and we can get used to things. And so while high inflation seems horrible and 
terrifying, we can get used to it. And it happened in the late 70s, early 80s that people sort of started getting used to inflation. And then all of a sudden it was like, we've got to address this. And everyone's like, ah, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sure, people are impacted, but we can get used to anything, unfortunately. Uh, Powell also said that Volcker knew that in order to tame inflation and heal the economy, he had to stay the course. And to me, that might actually be kind of a, not a shot across the bow, because it's that's that's not, what it would be, but it's more of kind of a, a heads up. That, that's more what I want to say, a heads up to the political class that they may not like what he's doing because he is going to have to slow the economy and it may cause a recession, but he is going to stay the course. And, and I say that because let's face it, Democrats are terrified about the midterms coming up. And the last thing they want is a recession hitting while you're having inflation. And that's just like the worst case scenario. And so this is him sort of saying, hey, listen, I don't care what you guys do, what you say. I don't care what kind of pressures you put on me. I am staying the course. And I will say cheers to Jerome Powell because he has to. He has to go ahead, moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, we have to go. You guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I am actually going to Virginia Beach. Yes, I am. Uh, my company who I work for, Atlantic Bay, is having a 25th anniversary bash should be an amazing time and i am going to enjoy myself but i will be back here hopefully monday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages so you guys enjoy your weekend i know i will and remember as always do not wait to buy real estate you buy real estate and wait wait